if you want to get your vegan pizza next to your Papa Joe's pizza or your breast pizza in a supermarket, then you've got to be happy and be quite good at playing that mainstream game. Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Okay, hello and welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. My name is Jerry Saver and in this podcast, I'm interviewing people who are behind established businesses and new startups across the entire plant-based sector. And to start off this week's episode, I wanted to share a personal story about how I went 100% vegan. So this was about four years ago and Mai and me went for a pizza. She had been vegan for over a year back then and I had stopped eating meat, but I was still weaning myself off dairy. So I had a vegetarian pizza and I think it was even extra cheese and my wife, she just had hers with veggies. So then we came home and we got to bed and we were lying there for a few minutes. And then my wife says, honey, would you mind turning away? Because you absolutely stink of cheese. (laughs) And, you know, that's the last thing you want to hear from the person you love when you're lying in bed together is that you sting. So that was the final straw for me. I gave up cheese and dairy the next day and that was it. But I got to tell you, I love pizza. And one thing that I noticed since then is that the market for vegan pizzas is absolutely underserved. So I'm really happy to be talking to Mike Hill from One Planet Pizza today. They're a UK vegan pizza company that's planning to change all that. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for joining me. You know, a vegan pizza range is one of those things that seems so obvious to me because everyone loves pizza, right? But Mm. yeah, I I really think that it's such an empty space on the other hand. So I wanted to ask you, is this something that you discovered too when you were researching this business idea that it's just no one serving it? Yeah, it's really interesting when you look at it. um, Pizza is the number one fast food um, takeaway. It's certainly in the UK and probably uh, across the world. More pizzas, frozen pizzas are sold than any other particular dish. And then obviously you've got all the the hot um, takeaway uh, places as well. So it must have been about, it was only about six months that um, I got the idea whilst I was talking to a vegan friend of mine. And originally it was about setting up a vegan pizza takeaway in, in Norwich or one of the other big cities that's got a reasonably reasonable vegan vegetarian population. But then I started thinking, well, actually, we could reach an awful lot more the range of frozen pizzas, because with that, eventually we can get into the mainstream supermarkets and offer a a tasty, healthy, environmentally friendly product to to the pizzas that are, are currently in there. So that's why we decided to focus initially on developing the range of four classic Italian style Uh, vegan pizzas but do them as a frozen product because we thought that way we can distribute them out through independent whole and health food shops but then eventually try and get them into the mainstream supermarkets yeah yeah that uh sounds like a really good expansion on on the initial idea of just doing pizza as as a takeaway but before Mm. we go deeper into that i wanted to ask you about your own background like how did you get into veganism what was your business path like before and when did the two start converging for you okay so i've actually been vegan for as i turned vegan when i was 20 at uh, whilst i was at university i've been only been vegetarian for about a year and i guess the reason I turned vegan was that when I turned vegetarian, I, I was very much driven by the, what I thought was healthy and what I thought was natural. The animals, the environment were important as well. But for me, I'd never have done it if I didn't think it was a natural diet and the healthiest diet. I was actually at Loughborough University doing a, a PE sports science course. So I was doing a lot of sport, a lot of long distance running was my thing, uh, my thing back uh, then, even when I was you know, relatively young. So I was looking for a, a real optimum diet to do my training. And when I started doing the research, the thing is, there wasn't any logical reason for being vegetarian from a health point of view, from an environmental point of view, or from an ethical point of view. As soon as you start doing the research, 
it just isn't logical to be vegetarian. So fairly quickly, I dropped the, the cheese and the milk. Um, of course, back in those days, there wasn't really any alternatives. There wasn't the substitutes. Um, I used to do about 80% of my shopping and especially 20% of the mainstream supermarket. These days, it's the other way around. I can do 80% of my shop in a supermarket and 20% in a, in a specialist uh, whole food, health food shop. So, so yeah, yeah, 30, uh, 32 years vegan. And pretty much straight away, I tried my first vegan, uh, well, it was a vegan vegetarian business. We tried to set up a restaurant back in Norwich when I graduated. I was only 20, 21. Didn't have a lot of money, had even less business experience. And I think we were a little bit ahead of our time because it was a, a, a primarily a vegan restaurant. It was no smoking and we played live jazz. <laughs> and this was back in the uh, 80s. It was the only non-smoking restaurant in uh, our part of England and I think it was just such a niche market market we probably had about 10 people that we were trying to target in the whole of Norwich <laughs> so what experience we just didn't have the money we didn't have business background we didn't have that uh, wide enough customer base I think it was about 20 25 years um, too early to develop the concept Jeremy yeah that uh, it sounds like a recipe for success right now but um, right now, mid, yeah. <laughs> mid 80s in Norwich um, yeah I think the market was a bit too small for that yeah. pr probably yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. really impressive so 32 years vegan and uh, if I understand correctly you're also a pretty intense uh, sportsman I mean you, you've done a couple Ironmans as a vegan yeah. so yeah yeah I've always been I've always been into my health and fitness and I just love uh, physical activity and keeping fit so um, probably about 15 20 years ago I started doing triathlons and anyone who's done this stuff knows that it it just seems to get you seem to get, have to set your targets longer and longer once you start doing a triathlon and uh, it's it's a challenge to do a normal distance and then a half iron man and then eventually I think four four years four years ago I did my first iron man um, and then two years ago I did my and, uh, I've now taken early retirement from my Ironman days. I'll do an occasional half on an Olympic, uh, but really now it's all just about enjoying enjoying the training rather than trying to do that big distance. Yeah, what was the um, just the reaction of the people that you worked or trained with to to your diet, considering that you were so active? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really it's really interesting, isn't it? And I how people react to when you do things which are, I'm not saying doing Iron Man is, is normal, but these days, certainly in the UK, there's quite a lot of people that are doing um, Ironmans. And so you, it's interesting when you get that reaction and say, well, how do you do all that training on a, on a vegan diet? And I was, I was getting a lot of questions, particularly my club members, uh, my fellow club members in my triathlon club. So I actually ended up doing, started off doing some presentations at the restaurant that I run and members talking to them about how to uh, train healthily on a vegan diet. And we were, we, I've done two of those. I had about 30 people along to each of them. And I don't think it's, I don't, th I think things are really starting to change in the last few years, partly because people's uh, knowledge and education uh, you know, training and athletes training and, and their diets I think that's improved but also we've got a lot more role models now with some of the around the world in a variety of sports um, like the, the, um, the Venus sisters you know as well as some of Scott Jurek who's obviously been around for ages doing ultras so most people do know a top athlete in variety of disciplines that has been vegan and, and I think that's really helping to change attitudes yeah, I imagine it must have been quite different way way back then. But. Oh, oh gosh, this me. There was there was nothing that was Mark vegan on any food stuff. It was a vegetarian mark, and people just didn't know. They just didn't understand what what veganism was. So I've noticed a lot of difference over the last thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. Um, Okay, so that restaurant that you opened, I'm, I'm imagining that went out of business at at some point, or or did you pivot yeah. it to, to six a, months? Six months. Six months. <laughs> and uh, what did you do after that? Well, after that, I then went back fitness industry. So I I was involved in running leisure centres and health clubs, 
Um, and I guess, uh, to a certain extent, put the, the idea of combining my interest and passion with veganism with business to one side. Although, I, I, I suppose even you know, in the health clubs, in the leisure centre environment, I've managed to do just little things to influence, always make sure there's vegan, vegetarian options in all the places that I've managed. Um, but it's, it's, it's quite difficult. And you know, that's one of the challenges, I think, of being vegan and, and being involved in business, isn't it? That you've got this constant uh, balance between trying to influence people, but also having to get on in that business environment with the vast majority of people that certainly uh, you know, aren't vegan and to a certain extent don't understand and don't buy into the concepts underneath veganism. So there's always that balancing act. And I think from my point of view, I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as being particularly uh, an activist and, or, or even evangelical about veganism. My approach is much more about show, leading by example and, and giving people, um, you know, making people interested in why you're not very ill, why you can train to be an Ironman, why you uh, don't have a weight problem, all those sorts of things. And just people, as you've probably experienced yourself, are very interested in health and fitness. Most people feel that their diet can be improved. Most people are constantly trying to lose weight. So there's always opportunities just to talk to people and, and just plant little seeds in their minds. Yeah, yeah, that definitely is my experience, both you know, personal life and, and work. When people see that you're A, eating differently and B, not dropping dead, they're, they're <laughs> usually going to start asking you questions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, you did go back into the restaurant business a couple years ago, then, right? Yeah, yeah no, it's five five years ago. Um, I knew I wanted eventually to get back into the into the business. I managed to find a business partner who was already running a really successful vegetarian restaurant. Um, so we opened up uh, River Green Cafe, and that was open. That's been open just over five years now, and that's one of. I've got to say it's one of the best vegetarian restaurants certainly in East Anglia there's probably about in Norwich we've now got probably four or five places um, stroke vegetarian uh, restaurant cafe wise but it's been a real success um, and, and over the years it's interesting it's definitely become more vegan less vegetarian it used to be about 50-50 and I was in there today talking to the head chef and, and when you take into account all the vegan options it's probably 80% vegan now pretty much 80% of all those dishes. And and I would rather it be 100% vegan, but my business partners uh, are both vegetarian. But slowly we're getting there. All right. And I imagine the market has also um, grown a little bit or, or the potential. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the restaurant um, is what I call accessible vegetarian vegan food. So it's not on the... The, <laughs> the extreme side in terms of being very um, sort of traditional, hardcore vegan food. So we do do salads, um, but it's not a massive part of, of, of the menu. It's very, half the dishes are things that people would recognize, meat eaters would recognize. Mm -hmm. So anecdotally, I reckon 75% of our customers are not vegetarian or vegan. They come there because it's a lovely place, the service is good, and the food is great. And quite often, I've noticed as well, we end, we quite often if we have a group of, um, if we have a couple coming along or four or six, the reason they're there is because one of them is vegetarian or vegan, and they want, it's their birthday, it's their choice, so they bring their friends along. And I think that's a great way of spreading the word. There's no point in just preaching to the converted all the time, having something which only vegetarians and vegans are going to come to. I think it's really good if we can attract you know, more people eating vegetarian vegan food and, and hopefully they'll realize that you know, it can be tasty, it can be relatively um, healthy for you. But also uh, there are restaurants where the atmosphere is great, the service is really good, you can have a decent bottle of wine. It's not all, and there are places for these, but it's not all classic hippie whole earth cafes. Um, there are, it can be a fine dining experience you know, with nice table service. Because uh, I think it's really important that we can cater for, for all different sorts of people with that sort of offering. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the, uh, the team that you've got right now for One Planet Pizza, I 
checked it out. It seems very solid, very well-rounded. And that's, of course, is crucial for any business, but especially for one that's just planning to launch. So did you get those people together from your restaurant business or um, how, yeah, how did that team me. come together? So, um, my two key p business partners are Jan Wise, who I run a River Green Cafe with. So she's been in the food business for all of her life, really, and vegetarian for life and, and run opened and run sex, um, several successful food businesses so and she's already got a commercial kitchen where we produce a range of um of ready meals which are frozen meals classic meals from around the world we call them things like chickpea korma um an indian madras uh, a thai curry that's going to be part of the offering from one planet pizza we're going to have the four pizzas but we've also got these eight uh, ready meals which are frozen classics from a from and my other, one of my other business partners, uh, a lady called Tanya uh, Chapman, and she's um, really been designing the dishes and testing the recipes. And then the other guys that we've got involved are, and this is all part of the, the network marketing approach, I guess, is that I, I contacted some of the, the leading users because um, we've got a very strong vegan community in Norwich. And, and I managed to get uh, two or three of those guys who have got a really good following understanding of the marketplace on board so they've 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 bought into the business and in return they've helped me with our our um, social media campaign and this because one of the things that i i knew straight away was that if we're going to make this work we had to get the social media right we had to be using the youtubes the instagrams because this community this vegan uh, vegetarian community is probably one of the most networked communities uh, in the whole world you know we because we are quite disparate, because, but because we like to share information, we like to share recipes, pictures of food, it's incredible how, how active the veggie vegan community is on YouTube and, and blogging. And, and so we Instagram, get, yeah. So, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, Instagram. I, I just wanted to say that we do love taking pictures of our food, especially yeah, if it's yeah, good, yeah, right? Yeah, it's that whole, that whole, whole food porn thing, isn't it? Uh, we love pictures of healthy vegan, uh, vegan food. So... I think we've got a good team around the time. I was just down in London um, with a, a, a guy called um, London Geezer, Martin, who's got 17,000 followers on his YouTube channel. And we, we just did a video with him. And, and he's bought into the business, invested in, in the business because he believes in it. And, and so having guys like him involved to help spread the word in London, you know, talking to you, in terms of that uh, you know, New Zealand, Australia market, I think it's the way vegan businesses have really got to approach this thing. Yeah, and you're also working with uh, Butte Island who make the cheese, which was my favorite vegan cheese when we were living back in Europe. Have you known uh, those guys okay. for long? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the first things we needed to do was to decide our cheese partner. And so we tasted three or four um, samples from different companies, a couple of, uh, one from Germany, a couple from the UK. And, um, yeah, we liked Butte Island cheese. It just, well, the, we're using three three different cheeses, their mature cheddar, their white cheddar, and um, their mozzarella. And so they're, they're, they're well going 25 years. They were making vegan cheeses 25 years ago. Yeah, I know. But it's come on an awful lot. They've just re they're, they're, it's coconut based, so it's not palm oil based, which we were quite keen to look for a coconut based cheese. And also, they're very well. They're already supplying cheese, um, vegan cheese, to supermarkets in the UK and in Europe. So they're you know well networked again, got the contacts. So hopefully, when the time's right and and we've developed. We've got that base demand ready, then they may be able to help introduce us into those larger supermarkets as well. Yeah, if if they can work and help you out as a distribution partner, that I think would be awesome. And if you have an opportunity to bring in their gorgonzola, I would okay. definitely recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> they do a gorgonzola, do they? I believe they do, yeah. Pretty sure okay. they do. But I'll have a look. Yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned that you were coming to New Zealand in November. And mm. for one moment, I hoped against hope that you might be bringing some samples over <laughs> for local distributors. But you're not that far along yet, right? Uh, no, no, we're not. And, and your uh, your biological protection laws I know. Would, 
would definitely pick up on some frozen pizzas from the UK. I know. <laughs> so when's the official launch of the brand? <coughs> We're going to be doing a soft launch. The crowdfunding, um, which I haven't really talked about yet, but the crowdfunding's got another four weeks, three, three four weeks to run. Um, and once that's finished, then we're going into soft launch in terms of production. So that will be around um, December time. And then it's really going to be the new year that we'll be pushing it out into um, probably half a dozen shops to start off with. And, and and then we'll just have to see. But the plan is really to make sure that within those first 12 months of operation, we're the number one frozen vegan pizza brand in, in the UK. And that we've got a real presence and and people are recognizing the brand. It may not be totally, you know, available across the whole of the UK. We're considering different distribution routes as well as shops. We're looking at the potential of home delivery with representatives in major cities running their own distribution business almost as a, as a, as a small business themselves. So we're looking at alternative models of distribution as opposed to just going through the, the supermarkets as well. Yeah, so as, are, are the pizzas available anywhere yet? No, no, not at all. We've done two tasting sessions. Okay. Which again in Norwich. So we've cooked the four pizzas and people that we've had uh, over 100 people come in and taste them, give us feedback. It's been really, really useful because part of the concept of getting people involved in the business through the crowdfunding is that as we develop the company, they can actually influence the decision-making processes and help us decide you know, which way we're going to shape it, what the product range is going to be like, the pricing point, and how we market it. So all those people that become shareholders will be consulting with them on a regular basis using social media to get their input. Yeah, that was that was going to be my next question, your uh, crowdfunding campaign on, on Cedars. You know, if, if you can tell me more about that and why you decided yeah. to fund your business that way. Yeah, well, it sounds a bit funny, but actually we didn't need the money. Um, we're trying to raise £20,000 through the crowdfunding, which will allow us to expand quicker and do things better. But we're going to do uh, It's just So the key thing for me was more about a way of getting perhaps a couple of hundred vegan veggies and like-minded people involved in the business to actually have a stake. And, and so we've, we've gone down the, the, what we call the equity crowdfunding route, for micro, and we, we're looking just for micro. So we put a limit of 500 um, UK pounds. That's the maximum investment that anyone can make. The minimum is 16 um, UK pounds. So it means that you know people, students, people who haven't got a lot of money, disposable income, can still buy a couple of shares for 16 pounds. We've been going about two weeks. And it's been run through Cedars, who are one of the top crowdfunding companies in the UK. And it's all you know, absolutely official, legal, to crowdfunding it's accredited by the financial conduct authority so it's quite well it, it's really interesting that when it's even to put in 16 pounds you need to go through a three-stage process on cedars just to make sure that you know what you're doing that you're investing in a in a, in a high-risk business that you may lose your money that you're not getting any sort of return all of those usual caveats when you buy you know, equity in the company because we think that probably the majority of our shareholders will never have invested in a company and so this will be a new experience for them. So our target would be would be to have perhaps 200 micro investors, um, mainly in the UK, but we've picked up one or two in Europe. We've got a guy over in Australia who's invested, um, and we can take investments from around the world, everywhere apart from America, bizarrely enough, because they have totally different investment rules and regulations. Um, but yeah, and that's a really exciting approach. So yeah, the pizza, the, the concept of the product and the pizzas is really exciting. Separate to that is a, is a different way of doing business, of vegans being able to actually invest small amounts of money in a business which they know is 100% vegan and has got the same sorts of um, ethics, morals and values as they have. So, And the catchphrase we're using is the, um, the only vegan company to be by the community that it serves. Uh, and are there any potential downsides to this kind of financing? Like for, for a vegan business that's starting up and is considering this, because equity crowdfunding, it's not like Kickstarter. It's not like people are paying you 16 pounds and getting two pizzas for the price of one once you launch. They're actually yeah, getting... You're how, how, how much of the company are they getting for 16 pounds? Okay. So um, we're giving away, I say giving away, 
we're making available 20% of the equity of the business. And we're selling shares at eight pound a share. So, so myself and my um, my fellow uh, business owners will at the moment retain eighty percent. So it's only twenty percent. You come up with a nominal valuation of the business. Obviously, it's a startup. So we put a nominal nominal valuation of the business at eighty thousand at the moment. So people are buying in uh, a share at eight pounds, and then obviously make money is two two ways they can make money. If we start making profits then we can declare dividends and they can get a dividend on each share they own. They may make money several years down the line as if someone buys their shares off them and they buy, they bought them at £8 because they've come in right at the start. Perhaps they're worth £16 in three years' time so they can then sell the shares if they want to and double the money that they've invested. Which over three years is not a bad return at all. That would be a very good return if we can achieve that. I'm not saying that we are going to achieve that. I was just using that as an example. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but would this be an option that you would generally recommend to a vegan business? Crowdfunding like this? I think, um, I mean, there are some downsides. First of all, there's, um, it's complicated. You have to do it through a, an official crowdfunding company like Cedars, and they take a percentage. So you have to pay them to manage the process you end up with a load of shareholders um, who you have to manage to a certain extent and it's obviously that's a bit more complicated than if you just own yourself and thirdly going forward whenever you if you want to uh, go out and, and raise more equity or if someone comes and buys the business it's obviously much more complicated again because you've got all of these shareholders so you've got to weigh that up against the benefits of as I say, having a community that can help you shape the business and help promote the business as well. And I guess that, that I, a, I wanted to find try something new that hadn't been done before. And for me, the important thing, particularly when our aim is to develop the frozen vegan pizza range, get it into mainstream supermarkets, we need to build up public awareness. We need to build up public support. And I think the fastest way of doing that was having these several hundred investors who will hopefully be our our no our little campaigners that can help spread the word over the next few years yeah what, what better way to you know build brand evangelists than by sharing the actual company with the people who are going to promote it i i agree yeah and right now as we speak yeah. the the campaign is about halfway there you've sold yeah. i think yeah, about, yeah. we're just, just yeah. shy of 50 percent awesome and we've got uh, 64 investors so the average investment is <laughs> is about 154 pounds UK pounds each. Um, you know we've got a few that have invested the most. Um, the 500 pounds we've got quite a few that have just put in the 16 pounds. Yeah, and so, so complete complete range of investors, uh, and as I say, stretching as far as Australia at the moment as well. And but, well, by the time this interview comes on, it may already be fully funded, but I'll be sharing the link in advance so people know about it. But what I wanted to ask you was, how were you promoting this uh, crowdfunding? Was it word of mouth mostly? Was it your social media campaigns? And how, how else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, friends and family and physical word of mouth to a certain extent. We had to taste the session at River Green Cafe. We had about 100 people along. Um, but mainly, I would say, through, through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and, and Instagram. And we've got our direct followings, which we've been building up over the last six months. But also, you know, going out and getting, as I say, some of the leading YouTubers and bloggers, um, certainly in the UK, involved. We've got four or five of those guys now. And, and we, every week we're just doing a different video with one of them. And then, and then everyone, as you know, has got a slightly different audience, a different following, depending on what their focus is, what their bent is. So each time we do one of those, we're reaching a slightly different, um, a different set of people. What we haven't done is actually gone outside um, and, and sort of launched nationally outside of the vegan community. We really didn't want anyone coming in who thought th that they would invest solely because it was a good business opportunity. Yes, it is an opportunity, but we really wanted to give first chance to vegans vegetarians people who believe in it from that point of view to invest and i'm i'm you know 100 confident that in the four or five weeks we've got remaining then we'll we'll certainly hit our target because we've got some good promotions coming up over the next few weeks
Yeah, and while we're on the subject of promotions, what's your um, actual marketing strategy for the launch of the brand? Okay, so it's pretty... Um, we're going to start off local. We're going to uh, push it through some of our local networks um, you know, within Norwich, which is a, a reasonable sized city in, in um, the UK and it's got a very strong vegan vegetarian community. Um, we're lucky we've already got the restaurant. So the restaurant, we've got a thousand people already who live in the local environment. So I think it's going to be fairly easy to push it out um, through our own databases and social media. We've taken out a few adverts um, in some trade magazines that go out to all of the independent health and whole food shops. Uh, there's one or two of those. So we have invested a little bit of money in, in that just to start opening up conversation with those those retailers who run the health food and the whole food. And then our other marketing plan is actually to go out to the, the vegan and vegetarian festivals and fairs and do, um, do outside. So we've, we've already got all the kit. Certainly in the first year, we see that's a really nice combination going to some of the veg fests that attract thousands of people in the UK now and um, doing the outside catering, selling the pizza range, hot, cooked, ready to eat. <laughs> so we booked up um, some of the uh, uh, catering spaces at some of the um, the large veg fests, the vegan festivals that we have in the UK now. There's probably about 10 of them throughout a year. That are run by a couple of companies where they get over a weekend 5,000 people along. So what we thought we'd do is, as a way of promoting the brand, is rather than just go along with a stall selling frozen product, is, is to go along with our pizza ovens, make the pizzas, sell them hot, do the outside catering bit so people can actually taste the pizza. And then next to it, we'll combine the, the opportunity with the freezers there with the frozen stock in place. So people can can eat it there and then take away a couple um, home with them. That's all part of building up that this the brand awareness and also the demand. So hopefully we can start getting to the point where people are emailing their local independent shops saying, why haven't you got it? And starting to contact the bigger supermarkets saying, it's great you're doing you know, the, the vegan milk and the vegan cheese now, but have you heard about this vegan pizza range? And we'd really love you to get it. Yeah, and then uh, the plan for year two or three is to expand to to the rest of europe yeah i think europe and um and then it's going to be and then it's a question of seeing what we can do in terms of uh, places further afield like the states uh, the states have got uh, one or two brands out there already um which the uk hasn't and so i think um that would be a bigger challenge and then obviously get down to the next place would be australia new zealand I think we'd have to look at uh, doing that through a partner, though, in terms of office of manufacturing and stuff. But then, as you know, with any business, once you've built up, it's, there's a lot of intellectual property, a lot of value in developing the brand and the website and, and everything that goes behind it. And, and, and actually, the product, the product is really important. But once you've got it right and you've standardized and it's high quality, that product should be able to be replicated anyway. Yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of frozen foods, for a vegan business to move into that space, what are some major challenges, especially like if you compare it to opening a restaurant or, or a bakery? It's distribution and margins. That's the, the key thing. It's, you know, it's, it's good to have, but if you can't distribute it, and if you can't distribute it at the right margins, then it's not going to succeed. Because I'm restaurant or a takeaway you don't have those issues people are coming to you and as long as you've got enough people within a 20 30 mile radius you can make a small successful business but when you're developing a frozen product it needs to go regional it needs to go national so there are some particular difficulties around the distribution of frozen products compared with obviously a dry product or even a, a chilled product so we're still thinking um, working on the best way of distributing out across the UK and there are several different approaches to that. If you take the traditional one of using a, a wholesaler, a distributor, who you know, we would then sell it to them and they then distribute it along with hundreds of other frozen products to, to the shops, that's probably the easiest way but we've got several different margins to take off. So we make it, we sell it to them, they sell it on, everyone's got to make their 10, 20, 30 percent. 
So then that's the second challenge like this is producing it at a good standard, a good quality, but at a cheap enough price that you can afford to, once you sell it, perhaps double the price it costs to produce, there is still a profit margin in there for everyone. It's, and, and the profit margin is going to be lower. Um, so therefore, it's then about volume. You know, you, if you've got a business where it's, you've got a reasonably high profit margin, you don't need the volume. But if we're only getting, I don't you know, 50 pence profit per pizza, we need to sell an awful lot of pizzas in order to make it a successful, sustainable business. Yeah, absolutely. And um, are there any regulations in terms of, you know, preparing frozen foods and distributing those that would be an obstacle? Yeah, I don't think they're an obstacle, but you just need to be aware of them. And certainly when you start getting into the, the mainstream larger supermarkets, they're very inspect the premises and make sure that everything is up to their specifications, which are usually higher than the, the national health and safety. The supermarkets are very tough to um, to please. So, yes, I mean, it all needs to be you know extremely quality, well, quality controlled right from production in the commercial kitchen to to blast freezing the pizzas and then just making sure that they're kept at that low enough temperature all the way through the distribution yeah now if we roll this back a little bit and we just mm. go with your business experience in general what do you think are the top three things that vegan founders and new business owners need to focus on more okay that's a that's a good question jerry one of my concerns about about vegan business in general is is the sustainability of them now, what we're very good at generally, what most vegans are generally are very good at, you know, our heart's in the right place. We're quite imaginative and creative. And we experiment a lot. So we come up with good products, whether it be a new pie, you know, a new smoothie, a new raw um, chocolate bar. So I don't think the issue is in our sector is around ideas and creativity. I think it's the the next couple of stages which are, the challenge it's taking that step from being cottage um, business something that's made at home and taken to a few fairs which is absolutely fine if people want to you know make a little bit of extra money from doing that then that's absolutely fine or whatever makes people happy but it's then uh, it's that next stage to making it a more commercial more sustainable and making it a more professional product and having to interact, I guess, with the mainstream business world, because initially a lot of vegan businesses are only dealing with vegans. They're only going out to festivals, fairs, markets. But when you start dealing with supermarkets and the mainstream world, we've then sometimes have this a bit of a clash of culture. And you've got to be prepared for that. And to a certain extent, you've got to be able to fit in and work with that mainstream culture if you want to get your products in there, if you want to get your vegan pizza next to your Papa Joe's pizza or your breast pizza in a supermarket, then you've got to be happy and be quite good at playing that mainstream game. So, um, like I was saying, for vegan founders and business owners, um, is this something that you know, you see as a general problem for them, like if they don't have enough knowledge on in this issue, like the passion is obviously there, <laughs> but yeah. sustainability, we're, we're talking sustainability from the business standpoint here, not, not sustainability in the environmental sense. So yeah, I'm guessing the business background is what, what matters most here, right? I think so. I think so. And, um, the problem is, it's not a problem, but the challenge, and one of the things I'm really interested in, and this is why you know, I think the work you're doing is so great, we need to up the game in terms of business knowledge and, you know, and, and, and understanding of commercials within this field. Otherwise, we're going to end up with loads of great startups, with loads of great ideas, but they won't last and they won't grow. So I think one of the things that I'm really interested in going forward is taking some of the lessons I've learned over the last 30 years in business 
and some of the lessons I'm going to learn, you know, new lessons through crowdfunding pizza and sharing them with other vegan entrepreneurs. And I think the two areas where it's where perhaps I've got a little bit of knowledge and, and can grow that is, is around that business, you know, growing a, a startup business into a medium-sized business and, and the management and marketing knowledge that you need to, to have. And then secondly, I think really interesting in other areas, funding. Um, you know, it's very difficult sometimes for vegan businesses to access traditional sources of finance, bank loans and things like that. So more and more, I think there is going to be opportunities for crowdfunding type or peer type um, finance. And that's where hopefully I can share some of the knowledge and some of the, the things that I've learned, even over the last six months, assuming you know, we're successful and we can make it work, then I'm really looking forward to to sharing that with other um, vegan startups and businesses. If you had to share just, you know, one simple but very important business lesson that you've learned in your 30 plus years of work, what, what would it be? It's all about relationships. It doesn't matter you know, how good the product is. People will buy emotionally. And that applies on a, both a B2B, business to business, and B2C, business to consumer. So it's all about building relationships. You've, people will buy stuff off people that they, they like, for want of a better word. And it doesn't matter how good your product is and how good you are at running your business. You can't you know, do business in a relationship-building type way with individual businesses that you want to stock your product, but also with your end customer. We know that the successful brands that are going to last going forward are going to be the brands that people have bought into. It's not product. Um, and especially for our products, because vegan type products inevitably are going to be more expensive and, and, and than the basic pizza, the cheaper basic milk, cheese, whatever. It's going to be a bit of a premium product. So why are people going to spend more money on it? They're only going to do it because they're brought into the values. They like the story behind it. They like you as a company. So I think it's all about it's all about building relationships. You know, most successful businesses in the world are ones that have great relationships with their customers. Yes, I really, really like that. Thanks. So now besides frozen pizza, obviously, what are some other blank spots that you see in the plant-based sector right now for someone wanting to get into it? Um, gosh, I, I think it's extremely crowded, you know. I, I go to a lot of the festivals, read a lot of the magazines, and the, so, there are areas which I think are almost getting, reaching saturation point. Areas around the whole, the milks, uh, the energy bars, the chocolates. There seem to be so many businesses there that I think you know that's probably being pretty much done to death. So perhaps the opportunity is in other areas like, um, like you know, like I've identified in pizzas, where the, where it's about taking something quite popular and providing an alternative to it. Off the top of my head, what else is there apart from pizzas? Well, here's quite a bizarre one. Just uh, a friend of mine has just started up um, a vegan kebab, kebab business. So they've actually, yeah, I know. It's a quite there bizarre. It's, um, so in, it comes from Germany and there's a kebab product and they've started taking over kebab shops and turning them into breweries with That's the salad, the hummus, the couscous, and with a, I think it's a soya-based um, you know, kebab where literally they're cooking it and take cutting off strips and serving it in pita bread. So perhaps it's, it's that sort of area where we're taking mainstream foods and and just making them really accessible to the wider market. Um, even and, and the fact that it's vegan, and, you know, it's going to important, be important to some people that buy it. But it's probably the health thing. If we can come up, our, our pizza, for example, is going to have a lot less saturated fat in it than a traditional pizza. Our, we're working out the carbon footprint of our pizza, and we're going to compare that with the carbon footprint of a traditional pizza. We think it's going to come out about 50% in terms of um, the carbon footprint. So 
I think there's lots of opportunities um, that we need to open up on on the health side and the mental side. So people who aren't necessarily hardcore vegan will start buying vegan products because they want to contribute. You know, they want to they want to look after the world a little bit better, and they want to look after their health a little bit better. I I really like that you brought up the um, the fast food concept because that's also one of the things that. I wouldn't say that I'm passionate about it, but I, I think it has great potential. And mm. I think when you couple it with what you just mentioned, just presenting it as a tasty alternative, but which at the same time is healthier and better for the environment. That's your background story that, that you want to have to build a relationship with, with people. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think... There was just this um, viral video that I saw a couple of weeks mm. ago from, um, I think it's an Australian alternative meat company. And I think yeah. they, they did kebabs. I'm pretty sure they did kebabs. They were just, um, they took over a kebab store for an mm. evening or so. And they were giving out free kebabs to everyone and just filming people's reactions. Okay. But it, it wasn't presented as a vegan kebab. It was just a free kebab. And everyone was raving about them. Yeah. And then they went, well, what you just ate was healthier for you. It was better yeah. for the environment and it was completely plant-based. Yeah. In fact, we're going to do something very similar in um, a week and a half's time. A couple of the the, um, the bloggers that I'm working with, Hench Herbivore and Banana Warrior Princess, she specializes in doing, in doing street-based activism. And we're going to cook some, some pizzas. She's going to take them out give people free pizza to eat and say, see what they, you know, see that if they like it and then ask them questions. You know, if I said that that didn't have any meat or dairy products in it, what would you say? Oh, definitely. And, so, so that's going to be like a video done. Yeah. She's yeah. Gonna be She's going to make yeah. a, video, a YouTube video of that. Uh, the pizza street, the street pizza challenge, I think we're going to call it. Awesome. I, I want to share that when it comes out. <laughs> cool. So Mike, if, if it weren't for One Planet Pizza, is there anything in particular that you're really excited about? Like, what what would you be doing if you weren't doing pizzas? Oh, gosh. I think, I mean, the other thing that I think I will end up doing, I do have an idea of, um, of having somewhere, um, a retreat, a sanctuary, a B&B, a hostel. And, and that, that's where I probably see myself end, ending up to run somewhere like that because for me the combination of great food and a lovely environment with opportunities to do your physical activity to do your walking your running your swimming. i think um combining all of that in one thing and making it affordable and accessible so it's not expensive it's not something that only certain people can afford that would probably be the thing that um that would be my my other thing that i would like to do i guess and hopefully i'll end i'm sure i will end up doing that eventually Good. Well, you still got plenty of time, so that's <laughs> hopefully. Awesome. So, finally, Mike, what what's the future that you want to help build? Well, I'm one for if we can make small changes in lots of people. I guess that's my approach. Some forms of activism they hit small numbers of people but make a big impact. Whereas I think what I'm really about is um, is doing things that I'm hopefully reasonably good at. Um, and to make little changes in lots of people. So if we, for example, can have a vegan pizza that's out there in the supermarkets, reasonably priced, good quality, healthy, healthier than a typical pizza, much environment. If we can start selling you know, thousands of those rather than um, people buying you know, rubbish pizzas, um, for the, uh, we're just replacing them. It's a small change in their diets, but it, because it's a large number of people, it can actually have a big impact. So I think that's my approach compared to other people that are much better at going out and doing street interviews or you know, more challenging activist activists i'd much rather work on that that diet um that, that level i think great now to end this up where can people go to find out more about you and of course buy some one planet pizza shares okay all right so the best thing is just to go to the website www.oneplanetpizza.com and on there, there's a, a link which says, help us raise our dough, which is about the, the corniest uh, line we've come up with so far. And there's been quite a few. I when think we it's run awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so if you click on the help us raise our dough 
then that will take you across to the Cedars website. And there is, the, you've got everything. You've got the team, the business plan, the forecast, the next. Now you can see all the people that have currently invested. And, and that's obviously where you can start. If you if you really want to get involved, you can start going through that investment process. Good. We're going to be sharing that link in um, in the show notes as well. And I'm, I'm going to be sharing it in advance just so people can get in before your crowdfunding campaign completes. Mm -hmm. But for now, Mike, I'm really looking forward to, to your pizza coming out and uh, trying it one day. I hope it's a smashing success. Hopefully we'll get it over to New Zealand or Canada fairly quickly. Well, I hope so too. Because like I said, I think the market here is completely underserved. And like I also said, I really love pizza. So, <laughs> And I, I hope this goes awesome for you. Thanks, Jerry. Cool. And thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you, Mike, for joining me. And have a great evening. Will do. Bye. Right. Speak to you soon. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Right, so this was episode 9 of the Plan-Based Entrepreneur Show with Mike Hill from One Planet Pizza. And just to give you an update, their crowdfunding campaign has reached and surpassed their goal, which means there are now some 140 additional proud owners of UK's newest vegan frozen pizza company. And Mike and his team are one step closer to getting their products out to the world. If you're in Europe, see if you can catch them somewhere in the next months. All the links to the venues mentioned are on their webpage, which, as always, you can find in the show notes at theplanbasedentrepreneur.com slash show slash episode 009. And if you know of any new and upcoming vegan pizza companies or even vegan fast food chains that should be on the show, like I said, it's a subject that really interests me. So I'd love to hear about it either on Twitter at bbentrepreneur or by email on jerry at theplanbasedentrepreneur.com. Now, I'll talk to you again next week. Until then, thank you for tuning in. Have a slice of vegan pizza. And remember, the future is plant-based. <laughs>